הבאים רבותיי, וחודש טוב ומבורך. A few years ago we started a series uh, in memory of Shilomo Eka. It was the uh, series we went and explained the secrets of every month of the year. And we were able to go through all the months. I think the only months that we're missing is Tishri. Not because we don't have what to say on the month of Tishri, but just because we're overwhelmed with the holiday, so we didn't talk about that month. But the year that we gave this series was a regular year. So there was only one Adar. We had a chance to talk about Adar Sheni, Adar Bet. Happens to be tonight is Rosh Adar Sheni. So therefore, I want to put an installment in that series of the Shalomu B'Sulika B'Ureya Chodesh series. And tonight, we will unravel some of the secrets behind Adar Sheni. We'll fulfill what Shalomu HaMelech said, That when you talk timely things, you're doing something that is indeed good. Now, I will tell you uh, that before we get into the, uh, the depth of it, First, I need to explain to you, what does it mean, Adar Sheni? What does it mean, a second Adar? And what does it mean, a leap year? Now, I know this is a little technical stuff, but we need to get this out of the way, just in order that we can go and build the proper understanding. So, facts. Some of this is known, but forgive the repetition. The Jewish calendar is called a lunar calendar because it follows the cycle of the moon. So we have months that are sometimes 29 days, sometimes 30 days, and we have that in the course of 12 months. And therefore our year is 354 days. I know they told you in school a year is 365 days, but that's the secular year. We're talking about the Jewish year Our calendar is made up of 354 days. Sometimes you'll look outside and you'll see the Jews making Birkata Levana. The reason is because we follow the moon. The secular calendar, or what they call the Gregorian calendar, January, February, March, April, that's the calendar of the Goyim and it follows a solar system. It's following the sun. And therefore the sun cycle takes 365 days to make one complete revolution. And therefore, their year is 365 days. Hence, we have an 11-day spread between the Jewish calendar and the secular calendar. It's 11 days difference. Now, what the Hachamim or the Torah demands from us is that every so often, we add an extra month to the year. What is the reason? Why don't we just keep it uh, pure lunar? Keep it according to the moon, and wherever the cards fall, the cards fall. Now, if you're going to do that, every year we're going to be, be losing 11 days to the solar calendar. So every year our holidays are going to be earlier and earlier and earlier. You ever hear in Judaism when they say the holidays are early? It's because... Every year we're losing these 11 days. For example, this year, if I'm not mistaken, Rosh Hashanah was on Labor Day, which was very early in the season. Now, if we don't make an adjustment sooner or later, 
you'll have Rosh Hashanah in the beginning of July. And if you don't make the adjustment, you could have Rosh Hashanah in March. So therefore, eventually, you're going to have to adjust. Now, the problem is we don't care really when Rosh Hashanah comes. As long as it's the first day of Tishri, we don't care if that's in March or February. But there's a concern about Pesach. That's the real concern. Because the Torah says that Pesach, besides having to fall out and must fall out on the 15th of Nisan, but it also must be in the season of the spring. That means Pesach is a seasonal holiday. Chodesh Ha'aviv. And therefore, if we're not going to make an adjustment, Pesach is going to keep on getting earlier and earlier and earlier. And therefore, you're going to have Pesach, for example, in beginning of March. Now, March is still winter. Now, even though your calendar is going to say 15 Nisan, not Chodesh Aviv. So therefore, every, for argument's sake, three years, you need to add an extra month to the lunar calendar so it catches up with the solar. And if, what do we do, basically? We push the year 30 days out. That'll put Pesach, instead of the beginning of March, it'll put in April, which is springtime. Okay, now what's going to happen again? It's going to repeat itself. We lose 11 days, we lose 11 days, 11 days. Three, day, three years later, another extra month, and we catch up. That's the way I would refer to our system would be. We follow a lunar calendar with a solar adjustment. It's exactly what it is. It's a solar adjustment. Now, take, for example, the Arabs. They also follow the lunar, but they don't make the adjustment. That's why Ramadan is always in a different time of the year. They don't have a set time where it's always in April or whatever it be, because they're always losing 11 days. And therefore, sometimes it'll be February, in the middle of the winter, sometimes it'll be in the middle of summer. And you say, this, how can it be? How can this holiday always fluctuate? It's because they're not adjusting. They follow the pure. When we get the best of both worlds, we have a lunar with a solar adjustment. Fine? Everything good? Now, I just want to read you what I just told you in Maimonides. Haramam codifies exactly what I said. He just adds one, one point, but he doesn't explain why. He says, and the month that we always add to the year is Adar. That means in a leap year, we'll have Adar Aleph, and then we'll have Adar Bet. He doesn't tell us why they leaped Adar. I mean, they could have leaped uh, Hajvan. I would have rather they leaped Hajvan. My birthday, for example, is in Hajvan. You get more presents. You know, you do it again. You get a, people who don't know. They, give you, they double up. I'm just giving an example. But that's the month that they do it. I'll try to explain to you in the course of the class why we do this in Adar. So let's read Abam. It's in Chot Kiddush HaChodesh. It's in Perek Dalit. Halakha Alem. Shana Me'uberet. What does that mean, Shana Me'uberet? Literally, an impregnated year. Now, why do we call a leap year a pregnant year? Because just like a pregnant lady has an extension, so to the year that has an extension, we call it a pregnant year. Shana Me'uberet. He, Shana Shemosifim Bachodesh. It's the year that we add a month. Ve'en Mosifim Le'olam Ela Adam. We only add Adar. That year there'll be two Adarim. 
אדר ראשון ואדר שני. אדר נאמבר 1 ואדר נאמבר 2. ומפני מה מוסיפים חודש זה? Why do we need to add the month? מפני זמן האביב. Because we want to get to the spring. כדי שיהיה הפסח באותו זמן. We want פסח to be in חודש האביב. שנאמר, as it says, שמור את חודש האביב. שיהיה חודש זה בזמן האביב. ולולא הוספת החודש הזה, had you not added this extra month, הפסח בא פעמים בימות החמה ופעמים בימות הגשמים. Sometimes פסח להביא will be like רמדאן. Sometimes it will come in the winter and sometimes it will come during the summer and it's not going to always come in the spring. And therefore, we're going to have a problem. So the main reason why we have a leap year is to satisfy the proper season of Pesach. Now, now I'm going to mute our members because it gives me a great privilege and honor to do that. And now we'll go back to our live members over here. Now, Rabotai, the Rambam really doesn't tell us why we make the leap year in Adar. So I'll tell you just two different opinions that I saw brought down in the books. One is based on a Tosafot in Masekhet Sanhedrin on page 12. Over there, Tosafot says, Adar. Why? We don't leap the other months. He bases on a pasuk in Megillat Esther. When Haman took the lottery, what does the pasuk say? The 12th month, which is Adar, which teaches us, says Tosafot, that Adar must be month number 12. So therefore, if Adar must be month number 12, 12, you cannot leap any month before Adar because then Adar is going to be month number 13. Adar has to be the third The Chodesh Shenem Asar. What is Chodesh Shenem Asar? Chodesh Adar. So therefore, to keep that Adar 12, when you have a leap year, you're going to have to add another Adar. So therefore, Adar 1 will be 12, and Adar 2 will be 13. It's a pasuk. Very nice. And if he says, and I just quote, if you would leap one of the other months, for example, if you did what I wanted to do, two hajbans, so by the time you get to Adar, Adar is month 13, and it cannot be. Adar has to be 12. But if you add Adar 2, Adar 1 is 12, and Adar 2, 2 is 13. Very nice to support. Ayen Shah. I saw another beautiful answer brought down in Sparim. We know that when the month of Adar enters, that's when we start to uh, rev up our Samha, uh, our rejoicing. Granted, you have to be happy all year long. However, there's certain months where we increase. So therefore, if you have a choice, to double up on a month. What month would you double up on? The month that you're supposed to revel up. Now, the last month, for example, you're going to add is, I don't want two abs. So why would I want to double up 
on Av to get two miserable months. I'd rather have two months that are optimistic, that are positive. I'll take two, we'll double up, Adar Alip, Adar Bet. We see, I heard from my colleague, the son of my rabbi, he said a beautiful, beautiful thought to one of the Hasidic. Said we have a, a, a law that says that if a drop of milk falls to the pot of so the rule is it's possible that the pot can be eaten still, as long as you have enough meat to nullify the drop of milk. And what is the ratio that Halachat demands for nullification? Shishin, 60. And we call that Batel, Shishin. So you learn a lesson. That 60 is the magic number of nullification. So the Rab said, everybody has troubles. Everybody has headaches. Everybody has agonies. Everybody has uh, hiccups in life. However, when you come along in the two months of Adar, now you got 60 days of Simha, and therefore the troubles will be Batel B'Shishim, and therefore you have a tremendous kawah in these months over here to nullify the problem. So therefore, you want to double up in order to make the inyan of Bitul. Now, once we got this out of the way, Good news, I have to tell you. Now, you know, you don't know why it's good news, but you're going to see soon why it's good news. We are in a leap year this year. This is an official leap year. And tonight, we are actually inaugurating the first day of Adar 2. So that's why I said this shiur is very appropriate because it's being spoken on the day of Adar Bet. So therefore, it is very, very, as we say, timely. A timely message. And now... We begin with our talk. One of our members asked me the following question. I thought it was a good question, therefore I'm raising it, uh, bringing it to your attention. He said, Rabbi, why do we call the upcoming holiday Purim? I said, this is uh, a trick question. Megillah tells us why we call it Purim. The Megillah says, Al Shem Hapur. Because of the lottery. A pur is a lottery. I mean, Haman <clears throat> drew lotteries. And therefore, we're naming the holiday after the lottery. He says, I understand that. That's my question. The lottery is not the highlight of Purim at all. Haman's lottery is a bad uh, moment for the Jewish people. This is Hitler deciding which day to commit the extermination and the genocide of an entire people. Now, I'm not against calling the holiday a name, but why are you calling the name after the lottery? The lottery was against us. <clears throat> Again, I know it turned around and ultimately, but that's not the lottery. That's a shame. You want to call the day the holiday of Venehafochu? I have no problem. You want to call the holiday Hatzalah, or maybe you don't want to get mixed up with that organization, Hatzlacha. There's other names we can call. Why would you name the holiday after the poor? Which, by the way, when Haman did the lottery, it's, it's bad for us. It's bad for us. That's his question. Now, I'm sure some of you have your own answers. So I'll leave my email at the end of the show, and you're welcome to send me your potential answers. And uh, I probably won't get back. But I came tonight to offer... Uh, 
beautiful, beautiful uh, theory. But in order to appreciate this theory, I have to present to you what I found in this sefer over here. The sefer is called Halachot Ketanot. Halachot Ketanot was written by a rabbi called the Yaakov Yisrael Hagiz. He lived in the 1600s. He was from Morocco, from uh, Fez. And then he went to Eris Israel and he opened up a yeshiva. And some of his famous students is one of the rabbis going to be Haskel uh, de Silva. We know him as the Prihadash. And he had tremendous, tremendous Hindushim. Uh, in this piece that I'm going to read you now, it's in Halachot Ketanot, She'ela Kuf Ayin Dalit. This, I will say, ladies and gentlemen, is a blockbuster. It is nothing short than a blockbuster. The whole thing is one paragraph, but you can't believe what he's going to say. <clears throat> he starts off with the famous riddle. The riddle is, you have two brothers, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven is born first, Shimon is born second. That means Reuven is older than Shimon, but halachically, Shimon will be bar mitzvah first. The younger son will be bar mitzvah before the older. That's a halakha. And we know the case. <clears throat> I'll speak out the case to you. Give me a case where Shimon, who's the younger son, is bar mitzvah halachically before. And I'm not, it doesn't, I'm not talking about his older brother has COVID. Therefore, he, I'm not talking about that. Put COVID on the side for a minute. It's hard to put it on the side. But let's talk about a world where there's no COVID for a minute. So now, why would the younger son get bar mitzvah first? So the halakha says, they were born in a leap year. Like this. Reuven was born on the 29th day of Adar Aleph. Shimon was born on the first day of Adar Bet. So Reuven is definitely one day older than Shimon. 13 years later in the year of the bar mitzvah, is only one Adar. So they look at their birthdays. The Uven's birthday says 29 Adar. So his Bar Mitzvah will be at the end of the month. Shimon looks at his birthday, Aleph Adar. He will be Bar Mitzvah. The first day of the month, he is Bar Mitzvah one month earlier than his older brother. Could you believe that? And that's, and that's Talakha. In between, there is a halachic a ramification to these two adari. And the logic ramification is the source of this famous riddle where the younger child has a precedent over the older child. Now this Rav, the Alachot doesn't stop in, uh, in, 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 in terms of what they're talking in the casino talk. He doubles down on this Hidush and he adds some other ramifications. One of them, he says, is there's a law, you got to honor your parents. That's a big one. But the rabbis teach us that not only you have to honor your parents, you have to honor your older brother. I remind my siblings that all the time. It's an important halakha. Your parents are important, but don't forget to respect your older brother. Says that in this case, since Shimon is being bar mitzvah first, he's considered the older brother, 
and Reuven, who is biologically older, has to give the respect to Shimon, who was younger, because luckily he's the older brother. <laughs> now already he's, he's pushing the, uh, the coin here. And I'll read his Lashon. He says, Lefichach, Le'inyan kabed et abicha, Le'rabot achicha hagadol, Hakodem yechabed et ha'meuchar. The earlier born child will have to respect the child that was born later. Because the child that was born later, Halakhi is considered the older child because he's bar mitzvah first. That's nice in itself. He then brings another nafkamina, yibum. When it comes to yibum also, we know that in that law, it is the older of the brothers that has the obligation of the first rights. And therefore, Shimon, even though he's younger, but since he's halakhically has the priority, he has the first rights to Yibu. So he really believed this. I mean, the Alachot didn't just, you know, take the riddle and say it's a nice riddle. He is already saying, believe this. And therefore, it's going to have ramifications A, B. <coughs> and then he drops the bomb. And he drops the bomb. The bomb is like this. He says, and uh, it seems to me that we have a case like this, a real case, not a hypothetical, in Jewish history, where twins were born, and they were born in this scenario of the end of Adar 1 and the beginning of Adar Bet, and because of that, the younger one actually has a status that he's older, and therefore the older one has to respect the younger one, and this case is none other than Yaakov and Esau. You believe this? He comes along and he says, and I, I must I must admit, he says, That's who knows. He doesn't have any source for it, but guess what? I'll take the halachot ketanots miyoda over a lot of people's aniyot. Understand? This is a rabbi by 1620. So his theory isn't to present it to our members over here. And I can confidently. I know, sir, what's his proof? Listen, his proof is miyodeya. And for the again, a miyodeya is better than an aniyodeya of most people. Very nice. He says, miyodeya, who knows? Im ledat Yaakov if they were born under that same system, it comes out like this. When Yaakov Abin, when we read the story, oh, he stole the birthright, and he took the Bechorah, and he says, slow down, slow down. According to the Halakha, he is the Bechor, because technically he is the older one. 13 years later, when it came to the Bar Mitzvah, Yaakov was Bar Mitzvah first, and therefore, Esav has to respect Yaakov as the older brother, like we just learned. And that's what the prophet told Zair. You know why the older one is going to work for the younger one? Because the younger one is actually older. That wasn't such a such a It's because he's born on the first of Adarbet. It's incredible.
Jewish. I don't say no. <clears throat> but with this halachot ketanot, what's he introduced? Now, I wrote a remez. Now, my miyodeya, you can take with a grain of salt. Don't, don't take what I'm saying now, you know, as any, any serious. But if somebody wanted to be a little cute and bring a ra'aya or a remez that they were born in Adar, so I said, let me go back to the text and see if we see the word Adar in the text. So I was surprised, to be honest with you. She had twins. That's Esav Admoni. Kulo ke Aderet. Aderet. Exactly. The root of Aderet is Adar. Kulo ke Aderet. So therefore... Again, don't say Kuloki Hajvan, don't say Kuloki Kislev, Kuloki Adere, so therefore a rib is at least to the Alakot Ketanot that at least Adar is written the letters in order in the Pasuk that they're born. Fine. So we're going to take that theory tonight. Now, if you take that theory, it explains to me something else that is very significant. The Gemara. In several places, Sanhedrin uh, bit one of them, tells us about how the people of Edom, the Edomi people, would try to sabotage the rabbis when they were establishing Lepius. We see that the Goim, in many occasions, when they made Gizirot, they made Gizirot against that we cannot establish Lepius. And my question was, what in the world do they care if we make a leap year? I mean, I understand Shabbat. Okay, go Shabbat, none of us are going to work. They're working, their heads off, and we're taking off, so they're jealous. I understand Kashrut. If everybody's going to keep Kashrut, who's going to patronize their restaurants? So therefore, they want to break Kashrut. I understand the logic in some of them, but if you go to a goy and you tell them, you know what, uh, we just announced an Adar bit. Good luck to you. Make an Adar Gimal also. Why does he care? No, you got to stop that at all costs. But based on what we're learning now, it's because our whole claim to fame is because Adar Aleph and Adar Bet. That's what makes Yaakov the Bechor and Esav the minor. And therefore, they got to erase that whole concept of Ibur Shani. Therefore, the Gemara tells a story of two rabbis that were coming to establish the year and they got sabotaged by the Edomi. He's why they got sabotaged because of what we're saying. But the Maharsha on that Gemara says a little deeper. And he says, the reason why our enemies do not like when we make leap years and don't want the rabbis to establish leap years, it's because it puts us at a military advantage. Wow. A military advantage. How can a leap year put us at a military? It's a calendar item, the PTA. Well, how is that going to affect our, our military strength? So Maharsha says this. He says, listen, our arch enemies, we can categorize them as two. Ishmael and Esaf. And the truth of the matter is the world is divided in those two nations. You have half the nations of the world, uh, the Arab League, and the other half is the Western nations or the European nations. That's Esav and then you have Ishmael. Now, Esav and Ishmael really don't get along together. If you ever went to the United Nations, 
they don't get along. They're not united, except on one thing. United Nations against the Jews. So therefore, everybody gets up and curses each other out. And then before he steps, before the Bihananya, he says, but I have to admit, I, I agree with the guy from uh, Uruguay. We hate the Jews. Okay, beautiful. Then this other guy gets up, curses out his friend. But I do agree with my friend from uh, Poland. We hate the Jews. Therefore, they can all agree when it comes to that. So it's United Nations against the Jews. So you have Yishmael and Esav, and you got the one sheep sitting in the center, the Israeli ambassador, poor guy. And they're all, uh, you know, wailing on the poor guy, telling him to, you know, to drop that. And he's got to defend himself. Fine. Says the Maharsha. <clears throat> Esav and Yishmael come from the world of 12. And he proves it. He says, Esav comes from the world of 12 because their calendar has 12 months and therefore they're under the sun and the solar calendars are 12 months that's their power 12 Yishmael, if you look at the end of Parashat Hayesara the Torah lists the families of Yishmael and the Torah if they list them by name they're Okay, anyway, go further. There's 12 families of Yishmael. All the Bnei Yishmael that you see today are basically coming from the 12 families. And that's all they are. Their power is 12. Bnei Yisrael have how many tribes? 12. So Barsha says it seems like it's a fair battle. If we got to go toe-to-toe against Yishmael, it's 12 against 12, <clears throat> it's a toss-up. It's a, as they say in, in football, it's a pick -em. And if you're going to take Yisrael against Isab, it's 12 against 12 again, it's a pick -em. He said, however, it's a mistake. Because we don't have 12 tribes. We have 13 tribes. Because if you remember what happened when Yaakov Abinu was blessing his children before he died, he called his son Yosef and he said, Yosef, we're going to do magic tonight. We're going to split you into two. Menashe and Ephraim. And therefore Yosef, you're counted twice. And therefore, whenever Yosef is counted twice, then already we move into the 13th position. And once we move into the 13th position, 13 beats 12 on any table. And therefore, we beat Ishmael and we beat Esav. When do we go into position, pole position 13? In a leap year. Says the Masha, in a regular year, the 12 months correspond to 12 tribes. But once you get into a leap year, the 13th month represents that now we're splitting yourself into two. And in those years, we have dominance. That's what Klaisel is the most militarily successful to beat those two. And that's why the Adar Bet is a messianic month. That there gives us a greater ability to overcome our arch enemies because now we're in the realm of 13th 
Probably why the Goyim hate the number 13, by the way. They have to go to a building, they don't see 13. They're yeah. trying to eradicate. Not only do they want to get rid of the leap year, they want to get rid of the number 13 also because <clears throat> that's what that's what represents our magic number. Now go further. So it comes out, says the Maharsha, that every Jewish month corresponds another tribe. 12 months, 12 tribes. Adar corresponds Yosef. And therefore, in a leap year, that Yosef is broken up into Ephraim and Menashe. In a regular year, it's just Yosef. And that's why, if you know anything about the zodiac signs, I'm not recommending to read your horror, but there is a concept called zodiac. So everybody, to a certain, they want to call it star, or configuration, a mazal. I'm born in November time, so I'm Scorpio. Be careful. And then you have other people that are Aries or whatever. Now, you know if you're born in this time of year, it's Pisces. Pisces, no, fish. fish. Now, I want to point out to you, Pisces is fish for the simple reason. Because what did Yaakov Aminu bless Yosef in the Berachot before he died? He blessed them with the fish. And then since this month follows Yosef, the Pisces follow. And it's the only sign that has two signs. Think what I just told you. All the other signs on the zodiac are one. Dagim is the only one that's two distinct images. I know you're going to ask me, what do you mean, Rabbi? What about Gemini? Gemini is twins. And they're both two, but it's Siamese. They're connected. So it's one image. The only zodiac sign that's two distinct images is the game. Why? Because it's the only one that has a double. Adar Aleph and Adar Bet. Therefore, it gives you two signs in order to hint that. Keneged Yosef. So for us, Adar Bet, oh, oh, oh. Adar Aleph year, it's equal. When we get on the battlefield, it's 12 against 12. Who knows who's going to win? In Adar Bet year, now we're ready in the power of the 13, says the Ma'al And now you know why they want to stop it. The reason why our enemies are so against the rabbi sitting down and making leap years is because they want to keep us in the realm of 12. Because if we get a leap year 13, we have what they will call an unfair advantage. So therefore, they understand to a certain degree what the, what the co-op is. Are we following Zohar Abotai? Beautiful. Now we're going to go further. Now that we uh, have established beautiful Yesodot. Based on this, Esav, Edom, they don't stand a chance during a leap year. That's why it shouldn't concern us too much when you see uh, Esav fighting with each other, like we see in the world. And you say, how's this going to affect us? Well, before Mashiach comes, we already know that the Green are going to start you know, playing with each other. This is the way they play. But it's not going to be about us. Especially that's happening in Adar Bet. <laughs> We're watching. This is not uh, our, uh, our item. Especially the month indicates to me this is you know, something that's not about our... Uh, everything affects us. I know that, but it doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily 
hurt us. Now watch. I found over here a, a Hiskuni. It's a beauty. We come out of Egypt. Who comes and attacks us right on the way out? Amalek. Esav's grandson. Esav is an Adar Adishon guy. Yaakov born in Adar Bet. He doesn't have the power, Esav. He's an Adar Adishon. He doesn't have the power of Adar Bet. Now Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Yoshua and says, I need you to choose soldiers to fight Amalek. Listen to this, Hiskuni. Please hold on to your armrests. You want to fight this war against Amalek when you choose the soldiers, you don't have to ask them for their vaccine card. Don't worry about that. But you're going to have to ask them for their license because we want to see when they're born. If they're born in Adar Sheni, they qualify. Why? You don't have to worry about the black magic that the Amalekim were known for. They were known for voodoo and black magic and the dark side and Hebe, as we call it. But if you're born in Adar Sheni, you're not affected by Kien Bom Mazal. It, it, it's like there's no mazal. It's it's a it's a I don't want to say a synthetic month, but it's not part of the system, which means there's twelve mazalot. And then because we have to make this adjustment, we, we can't change the stars. I mean, we're not, not going to go change the solar system. So it's like I don't want to say synthetic because it's really not synthetic. The rabbis sit down and they're actually adding time to the year. I mean, it's time that they're just throwing in there. It doesn't fit into any of the boxes that already are established. And therefore, when can Kishuf have a power over us when we're coming under a certain mazal? So they try to sabotage the mazal. They know how to rewire it. But if there's nothing there, so they, 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 they can't sabotage it. Which means there's no wires for them to cross. So therefore, he says, in Adar Shani, if the soldiers are in Adar Shani, they're going to stop putting all their hexes on them. But there's, no, there's nothing there. So he writes, there's Guni. Amalek and his descendants are all, you know, Harry Potter from the same uh, from the same family. They have power if they're dealing in the twelve months of the year of the mazalot. I'm sorry, like Adarbet and Kishufam. So this is an incredible item. So Yoshua went along, got all these soldiers, and Amalek came with all their uh, the zap guns, and they're shooting blanks. And they don't understand what's happening. Again, we beat this system. So you see, Adar Bet has a tremendous koah against Amalek. Haman is a grandson of Amalek. You see how we're going? We went from Esav. We went to Amalek. Now we get to Haman. 
Now, Haman draws the lottery. The lottery lands on the 13th of Adar. Now, I, I'm not able to access the calendar of 2,000 years ago. If I would have access to it, I Google it. I Google, I want to know the calendar of the year of Azverosh. Now, there was no PTA at that time, so they weren't making Jewish calendars. But I wanted to know that year, was it a regular year or was it a leap year? The year of Purim. Now, how am I going to find that? Where are you going to look to know that there's nobody alive that was there? So how are you going to find out? What that, how are you going to go back 2,000 years? But you don't got to go back 2,000 years. You just have to go to the B'nai Yisachar. And you got to open up Ma'amar Dalit. And you got to read Perik Yud Aleph and Ma'amar Dalit. And here he reveals to you one of the most stupendous and elegant secrets of Purim. And he says, Shigizirat Haman, the Gizirat of Haman, straight out. Oh, he says that year of the miracle, there was two Adarim. And he says, that's why when you have a leap like this year, in which month do we celebrate Purim? In the second one. Why not the first? What do you mean, why not the first? I would do the first because we have a rule. You don't pass over the mitzvot. Yep, yep, yep. By the way, on the 14th of Adar, Aleph, and Bet, we don't say Taharunim. It's a minor holiday. So we should celebrate Purim. We never delay. The reason you delay is because in the year of the miracle it happened in Adar, Bet. Therefore, in that year, since it was a leap year, that's what we're celebrate, which means this year we're going to celebrate Purim like the original. Whenever there's a leap year, you're fulfilling it in the original way that it happened. He says, That's why they established the mitzvot. And then he says, Look how, look how beautiful. <laughs> It was from God. It's God. You know why? Because Haman also was a, was a black magic guy. He feared powers. He worked with magic. Once you Kishuf really doesn't work. And he says, why? He says, because there's no mazal of the month, like we saw from the Haskuni. It's a month that doesn't fit into the, into the creation. Like you're adding time to something that is not in the original set. He goes on to say, Unbelievable. He says, In that generation, we were guilty of a crime, and therefore, was free. 
חס ושלום, אין מקום לפסל התמ"ן. המן על הדרינק, המן על הפאוור, המן על המוני, זה לא מפסל אסקייפ. מה עשה המגיד בראשית? What did God do who knows everything from the beginning before it happens? Poel Yeshuot, the one that activates suction. Echniz belev haman lehapir pur. He put it in haman's mind. Don't just pick a random day. Go to the pur. By the way, haman just could have picked the day from his hat. God put it in haman's brain. Go to the lottery. You know why? Because once he goes to the lottery, God's going to start to manipulate the lottery. In English, we call that a fix. It was rigged. This you never heard. Haman's lottery was rigged. And he proves it. Nowhere in Megillat Esther does it say that Haman did a lottery. I know I'm saying something brazen here today. Yeah, it doesn't say it. I'll tell you what the Pasuk says. בחודש הראשון, הפיל פור. He drew a lot. Who is the he? I don't know who he is. I always thought it was Haman, by the way. To be honest with you. I still actually think it. But he says over here, הפיל פור. Who I go now? לפני Haman. It sounds like somebody drew a lot. And where was Haman? In front of Haman. Says the B'nai Yisrael. Mi haya ha-mapil? Who was the one that drew the lot? Kevan she'eno mevo'ar b'mekra. It doesn't say who the mapil was. It just says, Ipil pur. Who? Al-Korhach. Al-Kavana. Hu desatim. Who's hu desatim? Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu. The hidden one. That means when Haman came to draw the lottery, Borei Olam was involved. And therefore, I guess when Haman's hand went to pick, Borei Olam moved his hand somewhere. I'm giving him a shot. And then Borei Olam actually was, and what came out of the box? Right in the middle of Adar Shini, the worst month to go after the Jews. The worst. If you're in Amalek, that's a death sentence on Amalek. You understand what's going on? And therefore he says, once he went and picked Adar Shini, you know what Haman should have done at that point? He should have said, wait, I know what happened to my grandfather Amalek when all those Adar Shini warriors came, couldn't touch him. I know my great-grandfather Esav is subjugated to my uncle Yaakov because he's born Adar Shini. He should have said, wait, we have what's called a precedent, a double precedent. And this double precedent doesn't shine good for me and my cohorts. He should have said, I'm out. Why didn't he? Old saying, saying love is blind. Hatred is even blinder. When the person is filled with hate, he's blinded. You can't see straight. The hatred consumes you, and therefore you just uh, are so consumed with it and so overtaken and overwhelmed by it, you make mistakes. So this is a case where Hasinam would see it to Adam and Adam. Literally, the Sin'ah of Haman took him out of the world. He ended up getting hung on a tree because of the Sin'ah. If he didn't have the Sin'ah to the degree that he had, he would have dropped it and said, you know what? It's not my day. 
Wrong time. Let's go home. Instead, he couldn't see straight. I don't care. Adar Shani, forward march. Good for you. You just now put a death sentence out on the Jews. You put a death sentence, says the B'nai Saskar. That's why we call the holiday Purim after the lottery, because it was a great thing for us, the lottery. Once the lottery came out of Adar Shani, from there already, it was clear. Makes the proper tissue. That's it. Already the signal at the lottery was was already was already was already uh, favorable. Understand what I'm saying over here? But our question was what? That's Haman's item. Haman's item was that bet. If he says, and I quote, Alken. God's divine providence. Nafala pu al Asher Yisrael Oto. Who makes Hodesh Adarbet? Hodesh Adarbet is not made in heaven. Hodesh Adarbet is on earth. The rats sit down and they make that month. Mazan. There's no mazal to that month because it's a synthetic month. Now, you need, obviously, the blessing of God. I found the Midrash. It takes place when the rabbis meet to make Uriyim. I always thought it's a very, what should I say, a, a, a meeting is rabbi involved in technical stuff. They sit down, they got to get the calendars out, the, 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 the seasons, the mathematical equations, you know, it's a big hashbon, the Rambam's, the Kiddush is very complicated. And these rabbis had to be experts. There was only a few of them that knew how to do it. So I, I imagine it was a very tedious uh, exercise that the rabbis did. I don't look at it as a, forgive me, I don't look at it as a religiously inspiring uh, uh, ceremony. I look at it as more business. And I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm the first one to say I'm wrong. I said it three times. Okay, that's it. So now, I found the Midrash in Vayikra. Perechav Dalet. Sorry, Perechav Tet Ot Dalet. The Yoshua tells us what happened in those meetings of the Ibul Shanin when they were leaping the year. And it is far from boring and far from uninspired. <clears throat> he says, When the rabbis went into uh, into the uh, into the caucus in order to to meet to leap the year, what's God doing at that time? Mania Even though he's involved with the business in the heavens with the angels and all the, the upper realm, he leaves it. The Yored, and he comes down, and he takes his great Shekhinah, that's and he restricts it and confines it into that little office. And the Malachi Asherit, when they see this, they can't believe it. That the God who is so great 
is now restricting himself amongst the Kedoshim. Maniyah, he leaves San and God comes along and says, it's up to you. You make the month, but listen, you're adding time to the world now. So you just need my blessing because it's my world. But I'm giving you the sanction to add it. And even if you make a mistake, it's done. So therefore, the moment of Ibn Shana, the Shekhinah is there in the greatest presence. So whenever it's done, it's done with the blessing of God. That's why the extra month which you're going through now, this has a tremendous presence of Shekhinah. Know that for these months to exist, that means Shekhinah leaves its, 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 its position in heaven and comes down in order to establish these months by the Hachamim. And God not only sanctions it, but God blesses it. And therefore, if you'd ask me, the best month of any month of any year will always be the rare occasion when we get to live to a 13th month of Adar Bet, which we are already living tonight. And this Purim is the exact Purim the way it was in the times of the story. And Haman blew it. Haman thought Adar, but he blew because it was an Adar Bet. And since it was an Adar Bet, he should have he should have resisted, but he couldn't. And he fell, just like Esav fell in front of Yaakov, and just like Amalek fell in front of those birthday soldiers in Adarbet, he also, as the Pasuk says, nobody was able to stand in front of the Jewish people because the timing was on our side. And therefore, it is our prayer. As we now enter this very, very auspicious month, Adar Sheni. There's no connection to any month of the year like Adar Sheni. It is our prayer. That Just like God made for our forefathers miracles in these times, in those times. And will be fulfilled on us. All that's going on in the world will turn around into our favor. Yehudim will end up having shalita. We cannot go against a nation of twelve if we are twelve ourselves. Then already that one brings us over the top, and I bless our kahal with the blessing of the Megillah of Lehudim. Amen. Amen.